Good morning. This is Lance Kenmore with the Kenmore team, and I would like to welcome you to this week's edition of the Tri-Cities Real Estate Update. As always, you can contact me, Lance Kenmore, anytime direct on my cell phone at 727-8977, or visit us on the web at kenmoreteam.com. Once again, I always like to thank John for hosting and everybody here at the station for working to make this happen. John McKay, how about that sunshine, buddy? Yep. Well, we came close to 67 yesterday oh. here in the tri Oh, I so. mean, it was a week out there. I And no no wind on Badger or anything when I was out hiking. I mean, come on. This it's is, about time. This is good stuff. So, <laughs> so And it makes for great real estate uh, showings and activity and a little bit lighter out there, a little bit longer, so we can show a little bit later. So yeah, mm-hmm. all all around, man, my um, real estate fuzzies are feeling really good, really good <laughs> right now. So so we're we're definitely definitely enjoying that. Before we jump into the day's topic, we always like to start off with our crazy celebrity house real estate stories. And kind of with my news stories this week, I kind of took a little bit of slant, and I'll tell you what 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 I mean. Mm-hmm. And th- there are some trends that that I noticed happening with people and and where they're going and what they're doing as the world starts to open back up. And so I kind yeah. of I found some housing slash stories that go with that. The first one I'm going to start with is an eight million dollar Cabo. Mansion. Now, why did I pick this story? This is out of Rob Report. Uh, because, folks, I see your Facebook. You're going to Cabo. <laughs> I, I see the neighbors out there, and um, they're tan all of a sudden, and a few Facebook posts. So, anyway, mm-hmm. it seemed like I had seen a large number of these types of pictures on Facebook. So, I said, well, let's look at what the celebrity houses look like there. Well, Rob Report put on, there is an $8 million Cabo mansion Every room has an ocean view. This wow. place is amazing. It's in Casa Escondida at San Jose del Cabo. It's a 10,000 square foot mansion listed for $8 million. Nine bedrooms, 10 bathrooms. Because, McKay, why have a Cabo mansion unless all of your family and friends can't come to visit? Exactly. So, nine bedrooms, 10 bathrooms. That should do the trick. And in case you get thirsty... It indicates there is an 800 bottle wine cave in the in the middle of the compound. And also, in case you're hungry, while you were down in the wine cave, there's a separate kitchenette and tasting lounge to go to go with it. Hmm. Movie theater, um, um, eating lanai. I mean, this place is just like. Yeah, am I jealous? Can you hear it? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we we this that looks like a fantastic Cabo get getaway. So that's my crazy celebrity real estate story, and I kind of had tempered that this week with a very very interesting statistics that I saw come out, and once again I see all of your Facebook posts. I know what you people are doing. And Moving Matters was the title of this economic blog that I came across. 
And it talks about states with the highest amount of net migration, meaning the ah. highest percentage of people moving in um, versus moving out. McKay, do you want to take a guess at what the number one state was? Moving in or out? Moving in. Either Texas or Idaho or <laughs> South Dakota. You, you, you nailed it. Idaho and, and by a long shot. Okay, so they did have, mind you, because people move around, job transfer and stuff, they had mm-hmm. 30% outbound migration. But listen to this. Idaho had... 70% inbound. So net 40% inbound migration. Well, you know, U-Haul does their migration data. Yes. Where they measure one-way rentals. Yes. Washington State went from 5th to 36th yeah. as far as, as leaving. Uh, leaving. Yeah, yeah absolutely. In one year. Absolutely. So then, interestingly enough, um, South Carolina... Um, followed mm-hmm. at 28%. Um, and then, McKay, you absolutely nailed it. Arizona and South Dakota at 24%. I'm sure Texas was in there somewhere. Um, it was not listed in this specific case, so it must have been right in the middle. But yeah. Texas has also had a ton of migration. Alabama, Florida, North Carolina, and Tennessee all coming in at, at That sounds about like 20%. the U-Haul data, too. Yeah, so it probably a very, very similar study. Um, and, and the gist of it is, um, and then the worst ones, um, California, negative 18%. Connecticut, negative 26%. New York? New York, minus 34%. And New Jersey, minus 40%. Wow. The gist of that is looking at migration patterns, Americans continue moving south and west. Mm -hmm. Um, And Oregon was really high in there. I skipped over there, but they were actually came in at 26% positive. So, wow. um, Which was surprising to me a little bit because we've sold a lot of homes, but mainly to people moving out of metro areas. I think much like Tri-Cities has had Eastern Washington, Eastern Oregon has had a lot of- uh, Which has offset the people who left the state completely. Yes, absolutely. And so we're definitely seeing some positive gains on, on the east side from that. So that- that is um, net migration data. The other thing that I had uh, when I was doing the research for the show today that I came across as far as economic information, just to kind of show you, well, basically why this radio show exists and what residential real estate and commercial real estate are about, um, I came across um, a twenty um, a twenty twenty quarter evaluation of the assets in America. Mm-hmm. And so, for instance, U.S. farmland, so as an aggregate, is valued at $2.6 trillion. So wow. just to kind of give you an estimation, um, that really compare, pales in comparison. So you go from farmland to the next asset class, commercial real estate, Commercial real estate is almost 10 times higher than farmland, $20.4 trillion. Then you go to something like um, stock equities, and that is $37 trillion. But the top spot 
goes to um, our assets for the U.S. Residential real estate, $39.3 trillion, which is almost double our U.S. GDP. So um, it's such an important class, uh, asset class. And you can see where the majority of the wealth of America is is tied up in what we talk about, you know, all the time. Every weekend. And that, every weekend. That's, and that's residential real estate. So just kind of interesting to see. I was actually a little surprised. Um, I thought the farmland number was a little light. Like um, I, I thought that would have been a, a little bit more. The rest of it made sense to me. Um, but I do know that market ebbs and flows with commodity prices and and where things are at. I do know in the Columbia Basin here, we've you know we've seen a lot of appreciation over the last ten years with with farmland. But I think we are also in a unique position uh, with our weather patterns, what we're able to do, and the growth with food processing that they've had around here. So. So that gives an indication of asset classes and how we how we deal with those. So the next topic that I wanted to talk about today because it you know it comes it comes up a lot this time of year and the the sunshine brings it out and we touched on it in January but I had a little different slant on it because we've been doing a lot of evaluations recently and that is sellers have been contacting us and they've been talking about, hey, I've heard the market is just on fire. You know, I've heard that we can get record prices for for our houses, Mm -hmm. but I need you to come out and take a look at our property, give us an evaluation, let us know what we need to do to get it on the market. And, And we have a lot of people getting places ready right now. So those of you that have been starving for inventory, I looked over our pipeline and and what was coming and and we have a, a number, you know, of homes that are in process of cleanup and some staging and getting things ready to, to get on the market. So one of the things we had done in a previous radio show is we had talked about what do you need to do to get your house ready to go on the market? The interesting thing about what's happening right now is I have been giving more advice about what you don't need to do <laughs> to, to put your house on the market. And, and I know, McKay, you're laughing because we've never had that mindset or approach on the show. Yeah. But what happens is we get an extremely low inventory environment like we have right now um, where we're basically less than 250 resale homes on the market. Yeah. It's extremely competitive. Many of our properties are in multiple offer situation. And so things are different. And when things are different, the approach can be different sometimes. So one of the things that we'll sometimes talk about with people is the amount of repairs that you're going to go ahead and make. And so we'll come in and someone will be, geez, Lance, do you think I should redo the kitchen cabinets, paint the kitchen cabinets, and go ahead and make those changes? And a lot of times in the past, say five, six years, it's been Absolutely. At a minimum, I think you need to paint the cabinets, Mm -hmm. um, spruce up the hardware and do that. What we're seeing a lot right now is I think a lot of people will be surprised and we're going in on these a lot of these evaluations and we're looking at those comparables and we run those numbers and we go through with that. And what we see is we're like, hey, don't touch the cabinets like 
the last three comps that sold all had the old cabinets and had done had nothing had been done with them. Wow. And definitely one of the things I wrote down is don't do those major renovations until you've looked at the comps because when we're selling in a low inventory, hot, hot market like that with multiple offers, a consumer is much more willing to overlook an item mm-hmm. versus what they're willing to pay to get the house. And so how that runs out is like in the past, if there was five houses that somebody was going to look at and they had those options, they might the one with the redone kitchen might bring a higher amount because ah. there are options. Now what happens is the one house that's on the market in that price point might literally be the only house on the market in yeah. that price point. And so we are kind of going over that analysis. And would they get more for it? Maybe. But if we're already pushing appraisal amounts and we're pushing the top end of the market, mm-hmm. a lot of times those renovations won't get the return that they were getting before. Ah. And then a lot of times, too, we were making suggestions to people that would elevate their house above the competition. Well, when the competition disappears, uh, then we don't you have don't to have worry to about, that. about that as much. So of my list of you know 12 to 14 things that we're normally telling a seller, now we've got that pared down to six or seven really necessary to front door. get the offer. Yeah, some front door, some, some easy paint, maintenance, items that appear to make the house have been maintained. That aura is still very important. But sometimes these major renovations not having to do. Hmm. Um, When we come back from our break, we're going to talk about some inventory Mm -hmm. and then also talk about the classic line of waiting for the hot spring market and when that is and look at when you should put your house on the market to maximize value right here on news talk 870 welcome back to the tri-cities real estate update today we've been talking about trends in our market and getting your house ready to sell kind Mm -hmm. of maximizing that time frame as we lead into that i did um skip over i realized one of my news stories we had such great uh real estate data today that one got left to the side but it's really important for this next topic of conversation we have and that is just um looking at rates so you know, we've talked about interest rates being at the low and being extremely low at the bottom, and mm-hmm. that kind of spurring prices and sales along the way. Uh, a lot of people ask, well, Lance, what does that have to do with prices? Well, when the rates are that low, um, the consumer is less price sensitive. So, you know, they'll look at what their payment is and look at the price of the house. And with rates being that low, they're able to purchase a little higher, you know, a little more expensive type of house. So, We've been in the sweet spot and we talked about identifying that trough and that bottom. Uh, We talk about that on the show a lot. And if we knew exactly where that was, Lance wouldn't be selling real estate anymore. I'd be a multi-billionaire and I would just, you know, watch the charts and guess it. However, trend wise, we can really look at at what the graph has done. And when you look at the when you look at that graph over the last four, say, 
decades, really. I mean, if we go back to the late 80s and we look at, you know, interest rates there, that was kind of, you know, in, in the 80s there, we, we had that huge spike, you know, up to early 80s, up to 18%. I know people can't even fathom that I'm talking wow. with an interest rate number then. But really in that decade of the 80s, we were hovering around, you know, 12%. And since then, if you look at that graph line, it has been just been a steady slant downwards mm-hmm. towards basically zero. Yeah. And so, you know, and we really saw those rates kind of bottom out, those 30-year rates, you know, about two months ago. We, we saw those rates kind of hit a lot of the numbers that were thrown around was that rough number of two and a half percent. And what we've seen happen over the last two to three weeks is we've seen rates go up anywhere from depending on the day, a quarter point to a half percent. So they've, they've hit that bottom and they've kind of started back up. And so a lot of the quotes we were seeing were getting back closer to that 3% rate. So it really Mm -hmm. looks like We've kind of hit that bottom number and that graph is starting to turn a little bit. And it'll be really interesting over the next four or five years to see if it starts that march back to what they're going to try to assume is a normalized rate. It likely won't be a number that has a two in front of it. So I know a lot of people have refinanced. The lenders tell me that that refinance market has been crazy. Uh, But one of the things that's done is that has provided a large pool of buyers um, and a huge demand with those low interest rates. So the other question that we get from a lot of people that are calling our office and they're saying, well, how long should I wait? I know that the spring market, you know, is like the best market, the best time to sell a house, Mm -hmm. you know, and and you've you've always kind of traditionally heard that because one of the things they talk about is that curb appeal is better in the spring and and the maintenance of the home looks better and it's easier for buyers to see. Well, that's really, really true. But one of the things that the approach that I took for today's radio show was normal things that we've you've heard in real estate that we've told people over the last, you know, 20 years versus what we're telling them right now. So if you think you are going to sell your home in the next couple months, mm-hmm. do not wait for the spring market. The do best it. market do it now. is right now. And so that's one of the things, you know, that a lot of people were, we're talking with and going to is we're like, yes, there are a couple of these things that you have to still do. And we kind of touched on it before the break, like still have good curb appeal, have the front yard cleaned up, have the front door painted. Um, But these are things we're talking about that can generally be knocked out in a weekend or a couple days. Is there an imminent danger to the market drastically changing in the next three to four months? No, not at all. That's not what I'm saying. Um, Absolutely not. But is there hard data that indicates record pricing is happening right now? Absolutely. Like this is this is a time when we can unequivocally say that you have a high, high probability of maximizing the value of your sale. Um, this is one of the best times we, we've ever seen for that. So that is one of the things that you definitely want to be aware of. Uh, the next the next couple things that that I wrote down is 
there's there's some programs that we have that we have been getting a ton of questions about a ton of questions about right now and and we've had a couple of these situations in the last two weeks and so as people asked about them i i wrote the notes about them if you go to our facebook page if you go to kenmore team's facebook page uh we did a video interview series with one of the sharks from shark tank and we sat down with him and just talked about business and contracts and how he's operated his business and, and what they look for and, and explained a couple of the things that differentiate uh, getting ready to sell. One of those things is what we call our easy exit listing. And that is giving people the opportunity to get out of their listing agreement mm-hmm. um, and not be stuck in it if they do not like something that that we're doing. And so I've always said, like, we are going to show up every single day and earn your business daily. Um, and if that's not happening, we believe you should be able to cancel the contract. So when we look at those listing agreements, we write into it those easy exit listings, and either you or I can cancel that listing for any reason. And it gives you the flexibility, if you're not happy with the process and what happened, to be able to exit that with no penalty or fees or fees due. The other thing that we're seeing happening right now that is a really interesting phenomenon is we've been taking a large number of calls on our guaranteed sale program. And we've we've had some great referrals from radio listeners and, and other people recently. And what's happening is since there's not a lot of inventory, but there is a lot of new construction, a lot of people need to know that when that new construction property is done that they will be able to, that their house will be sold and they will have funds to move into that. Because the way the market's moving so quickly right now, um, mm-hmm. that if you do not close on that new construction house or you do not close when the builder gets it done, they've got five people standing in line behind you ready to purchase purchase that house. And so we've helped a number of folks in the last couple of months who have come to us and said, hey, I need to be closed and have my money to move into my new house. Um, what can we do in that situation? We look over that situation. We come up with a guaranteed sale number and we sit down and execute that contract and said, hey, just so you know that when you move April 1st, um, your house is going to be sold. And we're going to put it on the market and try to maximize the amount that you get. Uh, and if you get more than that guaranteed number, great. But now you can sleep at night and sit down and say, huh, okay, I don't have All to right. worry about it. It's going to be sold. I can move to move to my new house. I'm good. So so those are a couple of the things where you know I wanted to take a chance today because people have heard the radio ads and called and come in. And right now we're executing and helping a number of people solve those problems that are created by a low inventory market. Market. And that's that's what those programs are designed to do. Also, if you don't think your house is ready to go on the market, give us a call. Go to KenmoreTeam.com and shoot us a message because likely what we've been talking about today, it might be more ready than you think. And you could also maximize the low inventory situation right now. Speaking of that, I do have some great inventory as we Mm -hmm. wrap up today. And these are houses on the market. 4604 Sedona Court in Pasco. This is a big home. 6,400 square feet. Six bedrooms. Six bath. 
two new HVAC units just installed. Great open layout. You've got the dual master, so you've got a main level master. You also have a secondary master upstairs with an absolutely huge closet dressing room. Full basement has a 46 by 23 rec room, terraced backyard, large covered deck, and that property's coming in at seven hundred and fifty thousand. I tell you what, go try to build, go try to build a six thousand square foot house right now, and then tell me it's going to be seven hundred fifty thousand. It ain't going to happen. Um, so this is a great potential resale situation for somebody that was looking for a large home. Pick number two, taking you um, out to Horn Rapids, twenty seven twenty four Greyhawk Loop. Three bedroom, three bath, plus a bonus room. This is a polished home right on the golf course. They build a fantastic home. Great place. 2368 square feet. Luxury plank vinyl wood flooring. Coffered ceilings. Spacious great room. Awesome breathtaking fireplace with stone accents. Um, dream gourmet kitchen. Has a large island. Quartz countertops. Full tile backsplash. Under cabinet accent windows. I mean, high-end stainless steel appliance. I mean, this place is really ducked out. When I saw the pictures come back from our photographer, I was like, wow, this place is awesome. And then you've got a finished large, get this, four-car garage with a 10-foot door. And that is coming in at four hundred and seventy-five thousand. That is a, that is a fantastic property for wow. all you're getting. And then pick number three. I've got your acreage for somebody that was looking five irrigated acres in North Pasco, three bedroom, two bath home, twelve hundred square foot home, extended front porch, landscaping, um, sidewalk around the home, new flooring throughout, new paint, vaulted ceilings. Um, great, great property really difficult everybody knows to find five private irrigated acres um so yeah bring your mini farm bring your animals and that's priced at three hundred and seventy thousand. and that's that's that hot hot price point where it's difficult to find that type of acreage Folks, we're putting inventory on. If you've struggled to find something, we have got a lot of action in our pipeline getting ready to hit the market. If you'd like to know about that stuff Mm -hmm. um, and what's potentially coming so you can get ready, go to KenmoreTeam.com, shoot us a message, and we will be right back here next week. Right here on News Talk 870.